Today on the Province Crier Podcast, we got a big show lined up. I will be joined by my roommate, Brendan O'Rourke. He'll be here to relive PC's 84-72 victory over number 19 Marquette last Saturday at the Dunk. And we will look ahead to PC's next game at Villanova. And then we'll take a look at the uh, remaining two games on the regular season schedule. And then we'll take a look at the Jerome. Brendan will give us a deep dive on what the Jerome is and why you should get involved. All right, let's eat. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe. The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. All right, welcome to the Providence Crier podcast. Today is Friday, February 28th. This is Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Also read the blog, that is www.theprovincecrier.wordpress.com. Today I am joined with my uh, by my roommate, Brandon O'Rourke, Ozone, he's back. Welcome back to the show, my man. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here, Mikey, and uh, what a time to be a friar. Seriously, I mean, this team once left for dead, all of a sudden... This guy's right back in. They've sucked us back in completely. And yet somehow, you know, they find themselves on the bubble now. Uh, firmly, you know, a lot of people have them in um, at this point as like one of the last four in after their big win against Marquette last Saturday at the dunk. Um, final on that one was 84-72. And let's get right to it. Um, I was at the game. You were in Florida watching Watching the game on a television in the pool. It was a treat. It was a treat. Yeah, I had a, like a four or five day little break from February um, in Fort Myers. And the house we were at, sort of a friend of a friend, was insane. And I got asked a question years ago. I think this came from like a movie or something. Um, but... The, you know, the sort of the classic, what's your number? When will you be happy and, and sort of feel successful and complete? Let me tell you. <laughs> Watching a noon tip, awesome atmosphere, Friar Marquette game, down in Fort, it was like 80 degrees, sunny, in a pool, and they have one of these outdoor TVs under, you know, it's kind of like in, under a little oh, ledge on it. Yeah, yeah, good, better word. Um, that That's it. I don't have a number for you. I have a scenario. If I can get to that point in life, I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm a big fan of the outdoor television as well. Because it's like, you know, when you're watching TV, you're just cooped up on the couch, you know, not, not really moving. Uh, you're outside. You're just nice weather, get a nice tan. Um, yeah, nothing beats an outdoor television. It eliminates, you know what it is, I think? It eliminates, like, the conundrum going back to when everyone's kids. Because your mom's going to be harping on you for staying cooped up inside when you're watching, you know, noon tip college basketball games or cartoons or whatever you're watching back then. Two birds with one stone. You're outside. You're 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 being social. You're laughing, but you got the game on at the same time. So it was incredible. And then to have them play the way they have, um, and just dominate from tip to tail this Marquette team. That I think if we play them in the tournament, I think it's. We've been saying this, I think, when we did the preview podcast and our hopes were to the moon, (laughs) that teams like this are where we're at our best. For sure. I mean, definitely, I I think it was their most complete game of the entire season. Um, Like you said, tip to finish, they controlled the game the whole time. Offensively now, they're really starting to get into a groove. Um, In my preview article I wrote for the blog, I talked about, you know, can they build on the momentum that they've kind of gathered offensively? Um, And they certainly did in this one. Uh, So, you know, over their last four games, they're averaging 75 points a game. And while that may not seem like a ton to to some, for this Friar team, if they're going to do that, they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, and I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. There's three games left. That's my big. Whenever we get on the right side of the bubble, I'm like, oh shit! Like, let's hope that no one on the team saw this and just keep playing as desperate as they've been playing. Uh, I don't know. Do you like the week off, or do you think it'll be good or bad? For me, it's like let's just get these games in now when they're they're rolling. I actually agree with you 100. percent I am a little bit worried about the uh, the layoff, and we'll get to the Nova game. But yeah, I mean. The way they're playing offensively right now, it, I think it is tough to sit uh, a week. But, you know, hopefully, you know, you also don't want them running out of gas at the same time. Because, you know, like you said, they're playing desperate. They're playing hungry. And, you know, you do need them to get rest at, at some point. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you know, you're going to go right into the end of the season to conference tournament to hopefully NCAA tournament. And that's a lot of games. So, We'll take the week, I think, but yeah, I mean, but you just look at the way they're playing offensively right now, and it's unreal, and it starts with the man, Luan Pipkins, the guy who we named our Wi-Fi internet after, uh, who has been... Got Pipkins. <laughs> got Pipkins, uh, who's been pretty bad uh, for a good portion of the season, but he's finally turning on at the right time. Yeah. Uh, it. The only thing I can think of... Have you ever seen, it's like, a, this is like YouTube Hall of Fame video. Uh, this football team gets interviewed after a big win, high school football team. And <laughs> there's this chubby, like, defensive end or something. They're just, they're all fired up, get it, you know, talk, yelling into the microphone. And he just goes, I guess I got my swagger back. Oh, <laughs> and he starts jiggling. At the, I mean, I'll reply back when you post this and, and get this video. Any excuse to post this is great. But to see Pipkins immediately come out, he had the first seven points, took the first four shots, five shots, and it looked like Ed was drawing up a lot of plays right out of the gates, like let the, let's let get this guy going and get him seeing the ball go into the hoop. 
Um, maybe that's it. But I think more than anything, the smiles on the court and him being pumped up and into it and, and getting the crowd into it is awesome. Yeah, we, we actually watched um, – we actually just replayed the game right before we started recording uh, just to watch it again. Um, and, yeah, literally every time he's going back on defense, smile on his face, laughing, you know, dapping up his teammates, like – he definitely gave a lot of positive energy, and he was definitely a leader out there on the court. Um, but, yeah, definitely getting his offense going, going early was definitely key. Um, they're finally running him off picks, you know, getting him open off curl screens for three threes, and also setting picks so he can drive to the hoop, get some space, and score at the rim, which he really hadn't done all year long. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean... It's it's a great sign, and I'm just I'm just happy for him. I, like these kids are like, you know, 22 years old. I'm not, I'm not just gonna jump on someone uh, if they, if they haven't had as good of a run as they could. But I mean, really, that was what we were missing. It's it's a pretty simple game. Like we didn't have a point guard for two thirds of the season, and when we got a guy playing like that and creating his own shot, made a lot of great passes. I mean, however many alley oops he had to Duke. And then just passes off screens. It was it was awesome. Yeah, um, definitely a great team win for, for for the whole squad. I mean, you had um, they were really sharing the basketball. I mean, you had Pip. He had like three assists. Malik White. He had four assists. David Duke. He had like three or four assists. Yeah. Uh, Khalif Young. He had he looked great as as like a, a point forward. Yeah. Type no. Because um, okay, and I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. Um, they, Marquette, when we played them and won in overtime at Marquette, I think there was a possession because they were playing man all game long and they swat, they switched to zone late and like it totally messed with us, like just totally caught us off guard. So I think Woj just assumed that that was sort of figuring out our offense. It took like two possessions and they stayed in the two, two, three. And then, yeah, Khalif was awesome right at the foul line as far as just decisively getting the ball off to shooters or cutters. Um, and I, 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 the first thing I thought of is when Pipkins had the big game that he had, people would say, oh, Howard was just guarding him. Not true. No. Howard was on the other guard most of the game. They kind of buried him. Um, and it was zoned for a ton of the game. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what? I, I think – um, you know, I know you've been listening to the pod and all, but I have brought up our nickname for Khalif Young, and I, I think it's finally been about that time where we have to issue an apology. Uh, you and I, mainly you, but I was definitely on the train of bashing Khalif Young. Off the record. <laughs> I was off the record. Fair. I don't okay. bag my guys publicly. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, like, his, um, you know, defensive breakdowns, having stones for hands, being indecisive when catching it in the paint. Like, and I think it was fair, <coughs> excuse me, I think it was fair for us to, to get on him. But lately he's just been awesome. Yeah, no, and, and the nickname you're referring to is luggage. Uh, <laughs> at the start of the year, as soon as he checked in, it was like, how many points is the guy he's guarding going to score on this one? And he just looked lost. So I am all for owning up and saying that he's come a long way. He's a huge part of why they've been great now. 
Um, the team clearly loves him. Yeah. You just you don't have to have a you know, PhD in body language to, to understand that. Um, but yeah, no, I, was, I mean, it's insane how far he's come from November. Right. Uh, it's, and the big thing that anybody that watches Providence basketball is we run him out to the top of the key on screen hedges up top, and how many fouls he's gotten on that or blow bys and seems to have corrected that. So it's just all this stuff that he must just work on. Um, so credit to him and. I will no longer call him luggage. Yeah, you think we can upgrade him to like carry on or something? <laughs> no, he's 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 big Khalif right now. He needs a positive. <laughs> big Khalifa. And the whole reason behind the nickname Luggage, I think, was well, one of our friends. <laughs> I think it was like the day after a night out. Someone was hungover, and and you know, someone that just does nothing is kind of just baggage. But calling them luggage to me is just funny. Uh, he is not luggage anymore, though. Big Khalif. Uh, I was also calling him Leaf Blower for a little bit, too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but we are sorry, Khalif. Our apologies. You are back, and you're really helping the, the resurgence of the Friars here. So, yeah, I mean, like, like we said in the beginning, from start to finish, the Friars really played well. And, you know, unlike that, that Seton Hall game where they got, like, a monster lead and then had to play, like... Had to, had to just keep seeing all from coming back the rest of the way. I feel like Marquette, the fact that they kept it relatively close, like within a puncher's distance, I think that helped with the guys being like, all right, we got to continue to play the, the full uh, 40 minutes here. Yeah, and I was at that Seton Hall game, and that was one of the weirdest moods at a game. I don't I don't know if it's because it was tipped so late, and maybe people were just a little sleepy, but we got out to that huge... 20, 20, what was, what was the lead at one point in the yeah, first like, half? Like, yeah, and it, and points. Against the number 10 team in the country, and it was like you could hear a pin drop. It was so bizarre. So, yeah, I think that definitely helped. And I wasn't at the game, but just from re-watching it now and watching it a week ago on the TV, it looked insane there. So it looked like the best crowd at least of the year. Yeah, I mean, they commented on the broadcast a few times, um, you know, how – into the game the crowd was, and, you know, we're hungry. I, I think that's what it really comes down to. They've played so poorly for the majority of the season here, and the fact that we're finally starting to see the team that we thought we would see for the, for the entire season, um, the fact that it's finally starting to come around, the fans are just hungry, just ready to rip off heads. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, so, you know, they go in, they're up 17 after, I believe, Pip or, or Malik hits a three, um, and then Howard gets that and one three <laughs> right before the half. Uh, he ends up missing the free throw. But so the Friars, you know, they had their 13 point or 14 point lead going to the half, and really Marquette got it close ish a few times. There's one point, I think you actually had left the room, but a big point in the game, I kind of forgot about this, was uh, Greg Elliott makes an and one, cuts the lead down to nine. Marquette um, has a good defensive possession, and it looks like we might get a shot clock violation. They end up calling a kickball on Howard, and when I was there, I, th- I was screaming for kickball, and it took them a while to call it, but they did call it. But if you watch the replay, the kick was actually on Duke, and then the Friars end up scoring on that possession uh, with Khalif Young, and then they um, push the lead back out to like 15 points or so. Marquette cuts it back down again, and then... 
the Flyers go on a 10-0 run to just end the game uh, with those monster alley-oops from David Duke. I was loving those, man. Yeah. Um, that, and, and were those on, weren't you upset that those weren't on SportsCenter? Yes. Uh, after a long day in Providence, uh, you know, we went to the game, Trinity before, Trinity after, then we went out to, to like a late lunch, early dinner, um, and then I got back here. I was pretty wasted, but uh, but yeah, I'm like, I'm watching ESPN. They're covering the fight. I didn't order the day. fight. Yeah. It was a long day. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm just waiting for Sports Center, waiting for the top ten plays to come on, and no Duke. And you know what? To be fair, I I thought the last one should have been on Sports Center. But he actually technically didn't dunk the ball. He actually threw it in. But still, it was awesome. And what? I've always that's a classic. The Dwight Howard. That's a yeah. That's a classic <laughs> debate. I I think Blake Griffin did that a few times when he was like, you know, out just out of Oklahoma. Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, I always think if you're over the rim and you baseball throw it, that's a dunk. Yeah, I think so. But maybe I, I'm saying maybe, maybe that's why it wasn't on You there. need to touch rim, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, looks, whatever. Looks Who like cares? Smells like a dunk. It is a dunk. It is a dunk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so then I, I end up flipping over to Inside College B uh, ball, and they showed the highlights, and I, I was satisfied with that. So yeah, um, Gu- I mean, I mean, if SportsCenter didn't give us enough love, Gus Johnson, your boy, yes, is. All in because he could not have been hyping up the crowd and the way we're playing enough on the broadcast. And then watching the Villanova, who did they just play? St. John's. St. John's game, which he called. Um, they had sort of mentioned that Villanova was playing us uh, in Philly on Saturday, and he was singing our praises, talking about how we look, we physically look like a professional team out there um, with our. Length and speed. Yeah, I mean Gus is my boy. Uh, took a photo with him at the Marquette ga- at the PC Marquette game last year. Um, but yeah, if you don't know the story, um, I've written about it. I think I've spoken about it. But when the Friars beat Creighton at MSG to win the Big East tournament, I had a few cocktail or a few beers in me, the the big MSG beers, and <laughs> you and I we ran into Gus, and I was like, Gus, like, do you like the Friars? And he thought I was mentally handicapped and not <laughs> not physically handicapped. Uh, yeah, like his wife was like, oh, hello. Maybe. We think. We think. I mean, come yeah. on. It seemed like it. Yeah. And you weren't that that bad, but no, there's a lot so, going man. on. I, 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 could, I could understand. But yes, Gus, my boy, singing our praises these days. Um, before we wrap up here in the game, let's get to Marcus Howard, who I spoke about um, on the last pod, you know, the guy is a gifted scorer. Don't get me wrong. He puts up 38 uh, in this one. But it felt like fluff. It really did. I mean, he was missing shots early. And how about this first stat? He has 19 po- uh, 38 points in the game. 19 of those came in the final five minutes when PC was up 21 points. Yeah, and getting and at the foul line, right? Right. So. I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with, with uh the Howard takes, yeah, and he's so quick, and he can he can get his shots up so fast, and uh, I don't want to take that away from him, but 
anybody who's saying conference player of the year is out of their mind. No, yeah. Like, I, you're I just looking at the stat sheet every night. You're not watching the games because there are three or four guys I can think of that I would rather have on my team than him. Um, Marquette fans, if you – I don't – I'm nervous to even tweet that because maybe maybe the, maybe we got Marquette fan, you know – Spies listening in right now because they will come after you with a vengeance. They're, they're like they're not even questioning. Marcus Howard maybe is a little too ball in hand, too much. Maybe oh I don't know the two second and third best players in your team transferred last year because of him. But they're just gung ho like all in on him. Yeah, I mean I guess you kind of have to be right. I mean the, the guy is the Big East scoring champion and He's all. Got, that. What is he? I mean, what's his number up as far as just. NCAA points. He's got to be way up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I saw Marquette uh, in the tournament against Murray State, and Jaw like he, he Jaw had him in his back. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, Howard, great player, but like, come on. But it is funny though. You say that they're they're all gung ho about about him, but I feel like when they lose, you ever you ever check Marquette Twitter when they lose? <laughs> It is like fire woge. It is like Howard is a bull hog. Mar- Marquette Twitter is pretty pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of like PC is a little bit. I would say next level. Yeah, I, probably as far worse. as just extremists. Yeah. I think there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of wild PC fans um, that get a little over their skis every once in a while. <laughs> Marquette Twitter is nuts because you know our friends uh, over at. Uh, theater and college hoops. Granted, Shark got roasted by Providence. But, oh yeah, that's which, great. Yeah, if you say anything, anything anti Howard, you're gonna get lit up. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so he has 38. But honestly, what like it was, it was fluff. You can crack that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Howard. You know, kudos to you on being the Big East all-time leading scorer. Even though you got it on a meaningless three against a loss to Nova as uh, time expired. But, um, you know, good player. I'm done with you. I've had enough. It's been a great four years. We'll see you later. Uh, We get the sweep. Like, bring the brooms. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and I, you know how there's that. Stupid college basketball, particularly Big East thing. I'm like, well, I don't know if you can beat them three times. It's like, no, we match up really good to this team. We're going to have a ton of fans uh, if we were to play them. Well, when, when would that even be? Well, I don't know, because Marquette might find themselves, if they're not careful, they beat Georgetown the other day, but they might find themselves having to play uh, in the opening round on on uh, Wednesday. So, yeah, we could run into them early. Um me personally, I think I'd rather play Butler just because we've dominated Butler in the biggest tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely match up against Marquette. Well, I, yeah, I, I would definitely take a, a matchup against them again. Um, I think, um, you know, w- with them, I feel like they're a poor man's Creighton. <laughs> like the offense, yeah. granted, Creighton has more weapons offensively, but they're an offensive team. That's not that great defensively, um, but they're just worse at both those things than Creighton. And we match up well against Creighton, so yeah, you know. I think the big difference though is Creighton has three, three, yeah. three guy, three or four guys that are 
can kill you right. for for I mean 25 you right. know like that's you, true and when you're just depending on one guy like how often has that worked out literally once in college basketball yeah. history um, with Jimmer Kem- with Kemba Walker Kemba Jim, didn't Jimmer get bounced from the tournament like that's, super yeah, early yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know I I am I would always rather be on the team with three guys averaging like 15 right because I mean you're in a winner go home situation and if your one guy has a bad night you're screwed yeah so I would say if I were talking to a Marquette fan like get McEwen going he's I've said it a thousand times not on this pod, but um, if if because he's a good player, yeah. And if you get him going with a sh- he's a good shooter uh, and get him in a bit of a rhythm, that'll take some of the heat off of Howard because there's and I know we sort of bagged him a little bit, but there there's so much attention on sure. him yeah. all game long. And he's um, like too small to find the open guy on the on the pass. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. I, if they get McEwen going, if they get um, Adam. And um, I, I'm, I still don't know how to. If yeah. I keep, I keep wanting to say anim, and then it's <laughs> it like, might be anim. Who it's knows? Like, don't overcomplicate it. It's anim. <laughs> um, if yeah, if if they get them involved a little bit, then yeah, they could they could maybe go on a little bit of a run. But they're not going very deep in my tournament bracket as it stands. Yeah. So I mean, anim and um, McEwen played a lot better in their last win against Georgetown, but Georgetown obviously under man. But yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll, we'll see if we get Marquette for a third time this season. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then after that, we'll be back to preview the Nova game. We'll take a quick look at the next two, uh, the final two games after that, and then Brendan will tell us about the Jerome. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, so here we are, the Friars 16-12. and 12. Um, down the stretch here, three games left, and it starts Saturday. Um, Friars will make the trip to Philadelphia for a noon tip against Nova at Wells Fargo Center on Fox. Like you said earlier, Brendan, your boy, my boy, our boy, Gus Johnson, will be calling the game, and it's a big one. Huge, huge. Um, I think if we win here, that pretty much... Barring like a disastrous three following games, that's that's the stamp in. That's your ticket. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. Um, you know, I, I, a few weeks back I was talking to like you know when they had won back to back games against ranked teams, um, and then they end up proceeding to lose three straight. But uh, at that point, I was thinking if they can get to um, nineteen and fourteen. So you go 18 and 13 um, in these regular se- or in your regular season, and then um, you know get a win in the biggest tournament. At 19 and 14, you should be in. So now here they are; they're three wins away from that mark. And if they can get this Nova win, it makes the pre- it takes the pressure off of having to defend home court in your last two. Yeah, and I mean everybody talks. This is the, the, what, now year two, at least, of, of net rating? Yeah. Um, everybody's talking quad ones, and if you're a Friar fan, you better get that tattooed on your arm because it's the one thing we got going for us. We have seven of them, and 
you broke this down to me. I, I, I would be curious, blind questionnaire, how many people actually know what that means. Because you explained to me, top 75 team away. Yep. Top 50 team in a neutral site. Yep. Or a top 30 team at your home court. So if we're ipso facto, let me just compute that in my head. If we play the top 12, uh, yeah. the number 12 <laughs> team in the country at their gym and beat them, I'm going to go ahead and say that's good. Yeah, definitely good. And I think they're like, they're around there in the net too at, at like 13 or 10 or something. Um, so that would be um, a huge win and definitely be close to getting their stamp to making the tournament. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to hold off on the pod this week was because I was doing some bubble watching and so far the Friars haven't had the best results in the bubble. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's they got to take care of their own business. I think they can control their own destiny here, relatively speaking. As I mean, as you say this, <laughs> and if Subi Subramani and Arizona grad and, and good buddy of mine is listening uh usc just drilled a three-pointer to go up 26 21 uh to arizona oh my god <laughs> it looks like three quarters one. four and one and we is that their center this is a team and they might be who's a great player but Sorry yeah we need, yeah i would prefer if teams like this lost that right. probably helps our case but yeah you're we, we i don't worry about that stuff and i i should hope the team doesn't either. I mean, you just, you can control your own destiny with this game, and if you know, God forbid, we lose this one because Nova's really good, and we'll get into that. Uh, we got some other opportunities to win for sure. Um, yeah, I, God, if I swear to God, if we play USC again, <laughs> I can't. Me. I can't. It'd be insane, you know, because how does this? I, maybe I'm just so dumb with like. Is there any reason why we keep getting matched up against them other than no, we're sort of like UNC. similar <laughs> yeah, I, I level school? Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, as long, thank God UNC is as terrible as they are because we're not getting the at-rally UNC second game if we do get a win, if we're in. Um, I can win. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, seeing some of those teams drop would be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Big Nova game. At this point, the Friars are struggling against the Wildcats. They've dropped their last five games against Villanova. Oh, jeez. Here's another nugget. Jay Wright, his most wins against any Division One opponent is Providence, unfortunately. Double ouchie. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I mean, the Friars have a, a tall task ahead of them. But one thing I will say is they have won here before. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, a few years back, like in the Bryce Cotton days, I think Ed Cooley's first year, uh, Bryce Cotton hit a game-winning three against Nova at the Pavilion. And then about uh, four or five years ago, um, PC went to Wells Fargo and ended Villanova's 22-game conference win streak uh, against a loaded team. And um, if you remember that, that was Winter Storm Jonas. You remember that? <laughs> Yeah, no, I was I was coming back from like a ski trip weekend, and I think there was a Patriots playoff game like that same day, and yeah, we right. pulled into some like Concord, New Hampshire sports bar to watch that game play out, and yeah, to lose to them so many times, it was just awesome to see Chris Dunn just yeah, and Benny Bento on our put in game. Work. 
Yeah. Uh, they won in double overtime. Bentil had 31 in the game, 10 in overtime. He was a beast. Um, so, strength, like, unfortunately, there's no Winter Storm Jonas to, to postpone the game a day, and then the next day when you play, have everybody snowed out from the gym. <laughs> so, unfortunately, we can't get that. No. But it is a leap year. Yeah. It is a leap year. February 29th. Coronavirus. Yeah, who knows? Kind of rhymes with Jonas. <laughs> if you, oh. if you, if you think hard enough. If you have a few more, if you have a few beers, sure. <laughs> um, but so who knows? It's it's a February 29th. Who knows what can happen? But um, with this Villanova team, I know a lot. Like I feel like some people aren't that high on them. I know you and Crazy. I. Crazy. Yeah, you and I share similar se- sentiment in terms of. Um, you know, I, I think if they're not the best team in the Big East, they're certainly the second best team in the Big East. Yeah. And me personally, I think this team is capable of winning it all. And that may sound crazy. I don't think they're as good as the, there are two teams that did win it all. But given this year in college hoops, um, I, I think they have enough to make, to make a run much. No. Yeah, no, they're definitely not as good as – and uh, to go back to uh, – Probably my favorite game that I've watched, even though we lost the, the Providence Nova overtime loss in Madison Square Garden. Two right, which has started the five-game losing streak. Yeah, time. yeah. Uh, in God, the years are like blending together. 2018, was yeah. that? Um, to just look at those replays and look at our squad of Cartwright, Bullock, a, a sophomore Diallo. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Lindsay. So. Like, that whole cast. And then you look at Villanova's team, they're all in the NBA. Yeah. So, <laughs> credit to those Friars, for the love of God. To, to, we were within one shot of beating that team, even though I think they ended up winning by nine. But well, we yeah, were all there. All right. It was it was one. We had the game. The, yeah. freaking, the freaking Brunson the Brunson foul was, yeah. Ugh, yeah. that did us in. That, that was bullshit. Um, but yeah, I mean, credit to that Providence team. My God, to had have beaten them and then almost beat them again. With you just look at the players two years later, and it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, because I think up until then, people had this notion of like, oh, Villanova's four-year guys, and they're not NBA players. Like, well, that was a team of NBA players. Yeah. Um, they were nasty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you look at this one. Um, Nova's kind of rolling right now. They've won five straight. Granted, uh, Marquette was really the only big win that they had in there, I believe. They they got to play Temple, which I wish we could do something like that. I mean, we already played Rhodey in December, but like to get like a easier team in conference gotta be like, to mix it up. Yeah, it's that. That'd be nice. I don't know. Well, that's got to be like grandfathered in. That's that's yeah, been true. going on for at least 50 years right but um, I mean I just wish we had big, some like the big that five but... rivalry uh, yeah no that'd be awesome to just get a little little siesta L- a little breather yeah. you know play Bryant yeah <laughs> that'd be nice that'd be great um, um, but yeah no it was a close game to Marquette but just even though they haven't played the best teams in the conference the three games that they just played they, they were just kind of rolling yeah um, they seem to be clicking on all cylinders in terms of them looking like the team that's that's way more automatic from three than they looked earlier in the year, especially in, in the first game that we played against them. Um, you know, we played pretty porous offensively and we're still within four points. Um, 
their offense seems better. And defensively, they're rolling. They're the best defensive team in the Big East right now. Yeah, I don't think we're too far behind, but I don't doubt it. I mean, they're 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 huge. That's yeah. that's the first thing that jumps out when you watch them play is they're a lot like us, and I think that's why it'll be a good matchup Saturday. And we, I think we could play with them in just overwhelming you with like six seven guys that can that can move well, like Samuels, Bay, um, Robinson, Earls. They're big. Who's been awesome? Yeah, as a, I think he's eighteen years old. Um, big forehead. Swider, yeah, yeah, but on and on and on. I mean, they have they have the two guards, but other than that, it's just a bunch of these big athletic guys. Um, and they haven't been shooting as well as a Villanova team typically does. Right. But they have enough. I mean, it's like four guys that are really good. And Bay is a easy first team All Conference guy. Love Bay. And I big think Bay guy. And in my opinion, and going back to Marcus Howard, if it were up to me, I, I would know rather have I know Gillespie. Running point for my team for one season, then then Marcus Howard call me crazy. Um, just the amount that he does on both ends, the steadiness that he runs that team with, as far as knowing when to kind of prod the defense and get. There's going to be at least five possessions that Villanova has against us where he's going to dribble into the paint, back down Duke or whoever's guarding him, and just kind of wait and sort of feel out. Okay, who's open? Should I take it? And he's so good at that. Yeah. Um, he, he's, those are just the, I would kill for a point guard like that. And just Nova kinda, just breeds them like, like they're yeah. clones. Cassius Winston kind of does it for Michigan State. But yeah, I mean, Villanova is just insane. And Gillespie was, I don't have it in front of me, but you look, I think he was like a one-star recruit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so credit to Jay for, I, I think I think player development's a way bigger thing than people harp on for sure you know just his ability to just bring you in and just coach you up over two three years is is insane better than better than almost any other team i can think of i would have to agree with that um you know like you said they do have four-year guys but they get better and better and at this point they're getting to the point where they're becoming nba players when you think out of the gates they're not nba players um so you know like John Rothstein says, you know, Nova's a Fortune 500 company, right? Like, they run themselves. They, no, it's, it's, it's just and, – and we suck ourselves into looking at who's graduating every year and being like, oh, they look a little soft this Ooh. year. Forget all of that. We know exactly what they're going to do, and players that were averaging five points this year are going to be averaging 15 next year. Right. I'm, I'm just done with <laughs> Waiting for the down Villanova year because I don't think it's going to happen unless Jay Wright goes to the NBA. Yeah, the rumors, rumors. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Why too. would you leave that situation? I mean, maybe the Sixers would be enticing because they have some players, but the Knicks fucking you can throw that out the window. He's not going to that mess. That's for sure. No, he's way too smart to. Right, and if you were him, like, why would you leave? I mean, it's such a risk going to the NBA. I mean, you look at guys like Brad Stevens, he's had a ton of success, but then on the flip side, you look at a guy, John Beeline, who was already out of a job, like, six months in the thing. So, I mean, why risk it when you have a good thing going? I know. How weird was the whole Beeline (laughs) Disaster. Yeah. First of all, he, first of all, he leaves super late, which is weird. Then, on top of that, he goes to Cleveland of all jobs. Tom Izzo wouldn't take that job with LeBron James. Like, yeah. Come on. 
You're going to go to a bad Cleveland team? And it's been a disaster for him. I mean, he had the whole thing about calling his players thugs, even though he claims to have said slugs. And that was a disaster. You got, like, it was an anonymous player, but I think it's Tristan Thompson because he's a fucking loser. I hate that guy. Not a fan. Uh, Your Chloe guy? What's up? Yeah. Yeah, For sure. Okay. You know, she got to get back on the mark. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... Yeah, like one of his players, the players were saying that they harp on fundamentals too much, which that got destroyed on Twitter, which is pretty funny. They were saying that the Bulls, one of the reasons why the Bulls were so good was because they always harped on fundamentals. So yeah. not a great look for the Cavs, but, yeah. but still, he was in over his head. And so like it's it just becomes way too risky, in my opinion, for Jared to look. I don't know. What was he thinking? Yeah, I, I don't know. Why He had a great situation. I just don't get it. I'm curious where he lands, and I'm already hearing the BC birds chirping a little bit. It would it would be an all-time land if they get beeline. For but sure. I wouldn't hold your breath on it because I've just like their football program. It's like, oh, we're gonna get Belichick when he retires. <laughs> it's like you're out of your mind. Um, so where do you, I mean? Is there any what other spots would you think he'd go to? I mean. People are talking Texas, but because I mean, Shaka's on the fence at this point. If he they doesn't have get to fire in, him, yeah, by the way. yeah. It's gee, how many years can can he do this? But, but on the flip side, if you're talking about BC getting beeline, you know, I thought they should have fired fired Jimmy Christian years ago, and he's still kicking around. All time, all time leash on that guy as far as just letting him. I guess. Fit into this program? I don't even like yeah. how, seven years has it yeah. been? Yeah, and they, like, they haven't been in a tournament in 10 years. <laughs> I mean, that's not old Jimmy Christian, but my God, man, like, why would Beeline want to go there, to be honest? But he is the betting favorite, so who knows? But um, back to this Nova game. Like I said, um, you know, Nova's starting to get it rolling again. Tough place to play for us. You know, you may think they're a worse Nova team, but I personally don't think they are. You certainly don't think they are. I think the key for Providence will be to try and keep that offensive momentum going. Um, you know, you don't have to score a ton of points. I think if you can get – I think 70 is that mark for, for these Friars, that if they can get there, they should be able to, to pull one out. But um, I think they got to play with that same free-flowing, ball-moving uh, – you know, offense in order for them to get a win here. Because, I mean, if they – I feel like – I feel like Ed will want to make – like muck it up and try and make it a gritty, dirty, grindy game uh, like he loves to do for some reason. But, I mean, we saw that worked in the last time. I mean, we almost won, but we were pretty much down the whole game. (laughs) They – Villanova was giving us that game on a silver platter. And we couldn't even take it. And and it wasn't like we played well. No. Uh – I don't have the numbers in front, but it, I think we had. I, I was a great game rebounding the ball. I think I, I think we had. An Nate insane, Watson had a big game, I believe. And and that's the one glaring thing that sticks out to me is, and by the way, Nate Watson has played like 15 minutes a game for the last three. Yeah. Um, kind of odd, or I'm just curious what goes on there because they've been decent minutes. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I guess you can't play. Khalif and him on the court at the same time. We've no. tried that. It didn't really work. 
But if there's a game where he's going to get 25 minutes and you know we're going to really feed him the ball, I think I think he can take Robinson Earl one on one like yeah. on the block and just do his jump hooks and all that stuff here more than most other teams. I, I, yeah, for sure. I would definitely think so. But I think on the flip side, to me, it's like I, the reason why he's not playing is because defensively he's been freaking awful. Like. I mean, in the Marquette game, it wasn't as glaring, but in other games, like, it's clear he's been a defensive liability, and hopefully he can develop that, you know, going into his senior season next year, but um, I think that's what's holding him back, because, I mean, I think early on, the knee was certainly something, but he definitely seems to have his legs back under him at this point, and I think, for me, it's just like, how... How much can you play him if he's going to be a defensive liability? But counterpoint, like you said, um, his ability to be able to score in the paint, and, and for us, we're going to probably need to do that um, against Villanova. But, yeah, I just go back to I, I just really hope that we can continue to build off what we've been doing offensively. Um, you know, like I said, last four games, 75 a game. Even in that St. John's game, we had 69 points. But we turned the ball over 24 times. So, like, there, that's so many empty points. So, I think offensively, we're in a much better rhythm. And I, I just really, really don't want to try and muck it up and try and get a grind, grind, it, grind it out win against Nova. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, I mean, if we if we get the guard play we got out of Pipkins at Marquette and uh, the shots go down, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we overcomplicate like yeah. we were just not hitting open threes for a lot of the season and we have in my mind at least good three or four good shooters yeah um Reeves is really stroking the ball you you had that stat that we saw where he's well over 40 percent in Big East play yeah he's like 42 percent yeah after having a horrendous and, and that shouldn't surprise anyone if he's missing shots it's like just keep shooting man. Right. you're a good shooter Everybody he's a rhythm guy it. like um you definitely need to see the, the ball go in. Right. I think more than almost anyone on our team since we've been watching for yeah. <laughs> Providence Hoops. Seriously. Because I mean, once he gets rolling, my he can God, explode. It's, yeah. it's insane. He's the ultimate heat check guy. Uh, but between him, Pipkins, Duke, and I think Malik too, like those are four guys that I'm. if they have an open shot, let it fly. Like, And I'm more than happy as a fan watching them take that. There's yeah. no like cringe. Right. Um so I, I won't give my prediction because I, I think I might do a little write up for the game. But what, what do you what are your thoughts? I think it'll be a really tight game, and we have a chance. And, and everything coming out of uh, this off week of practice has been really positive. Yeah, I think I, I read the that. one yeah. it's it's like Austin Powers. What two or three? We got our mojo back a little bit. Two, yeah. Uh, we lost our mojo, and then we found our mojo. So it does seem like uh, we had like some confidence issues, and I think these these I think we had such high expectations. The team, fans, Ed, everybody, and then we had that awful stretch of Penn, and then Long Beach, and then that tournament. Called and I think they were yeah. just deflated. For, yeah. And it was just tough to shake off, but clearly they've shaken that off. I think they have to be one of the best 12 lost teams in the country, in sure. the country easily. Um, and maybe historically, just like 12 losses is 
lot. I mean, is a lot. Nineteen fourteen, like I said, is the magic number. Most years, that's not getting you in. No, and it's a it's it is a soft bubble this year, which yeah. is helping us uh, immensely. Greatly. I mean, the ACC is so bad. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, out of, the, there's those four teams that are really really good, and then it's like nothing. It's really three, if you think. I mean, Virginia, yes, they've gotten hot and started winning a lot uh, of I think games. I, I think but... I, I keep I, this is like year four, and I keep thinking Maryland's in the ACC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's yeah so. So it's Duke, Florida State, Louisville, and Florida State looks Florida like State. a title contender. I love Louisville, State. Uh, and then is there a fourth that'll get? I think Virginia. God, yeah. yeah. And then it's NC State, who, I mean, they have a lot of wins, but they haven't really beaten anyone. Then they go blow out Duke, um, but then they follow that up with a loss to Carolina. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So, I mean, a- the ACC is usually just book it for, like, seven teams, right. eight and teams. and now this should not. Those three being gone is huge. I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of play when we get to Selection Sunday of if some of these really good mid-major teams don't win their championship, right. there's, uh-oh, three yeah. tickets just disappeared. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Dayton looks unbeatable, unbeatable but... Could you imagine a world where one of those other A-10 teams won in Brooklyn? Yeah, who knows? I mean, so there's one. San Diego State, again. Oh, God. The, the Mountain West is terrible. I don't even think San Diego State's very good. But Are there any other... That's t- me being biased. Are there, are there like... Yeah. Like, Liberty is 26-3. Yeah. If they lose, do they get in? I, mean, they're, I, I don't think so. I think no. the Atlantic Sun's so bad that... Probably not, but... ETSU, what are they in? Is they're it, really good. Is that the A-Sun? I think they're... No, no, no. That's, uh... I don't know. SoCon, is it? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, well, Wofford and all them. Yeah, so Furman and ETSU are good. And I think if ETSU were to get bounced, they could be another team. And we'll get to that when we talk about the Jerome in a few moments. But mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Do you think the Fires win or lose? Give it to me. I... I am very cautiously saying I'm as confident as I've, I've been in a long time. Okay. Waltzing in to Philadelphia, and it'll be a – I think it'll be a final two minutes game one way or the other. All right. Um, you heard it there first. Okay. So, you know, our buddy Joe Niedemeyer in Section 234 with us, he will be at the game in Philly. Boots on the ground. Boots on yeah. the ground. Uh our our buddy Corley, who's been on the show once, he'll also be at the game. More boots on the ground. So we got at least two fans. Yes, there. yes. So let's make Wells Fargo dunk south. South. <laughs> Is it going to be at a Wells Fargo Center? Yes. I think that's good. Oh yeah, the pavilion. You don't want to play there. Pavilion is just like chalk it up. I mean, yeah. It's it's a completely different atmosphere. It's got to be way. Loud. I've never been either, so I, I guess I can't say, but. It just feels way louder and tighter. It's one of those, like, um, if you go to Gamble, like UConn's gym on campus, right. it, and that place, and they go on a roll, it's like, it'll just suck the life out of you. Right, yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, who knows? You know, after the Nova game, they'll wrap up two games at home. Uh, they get Xavier on Wednesday. There'll be an early 6.30 tip, um, a part of a doubleheader. And then they'll wrap it up the following Saturday against the Paul. Um, I think conventional wisdom out of fans is 
they'll lose this Nova game, and then, you know, it'll be easy. They'll win two games at home. But um, I'm a little cautious on that. Uh, I think we'll beat Xavier, for sure. But I worry about DePaul on, on senior night. How I could really, you not? I, I, I don't know what it is. DePaul is in the basement, but they got players. And that game worries me more than Xavier, but... I don't. We. I mean, we got a. What makes me a little optimistic is, uh, it does seem like a lot of the seniors on our team, at least in their play, realize like we got to get. Oh rolled. shit! We, yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah, and Ed keeps saying we're the most desperate team in the country, and I think that's what he's referring to because we got four guys. Is it four guys that are five seniors? But Emmett doesn't really play four, as much, so right, four, four right. guys. Okay. Yeah, on the last um, rodeo. Yeah, so so but I mean, between Khalif, Malik, Pipkins, Alpha, and then Emmett, which just playing this season is a massive win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that gives me a little hope. Is that they're starting to kind of look like that that we don't want to go home senior group that I think we were so optimistic on. Yeah. So then after that, get right into the Big East tournament, um, which brings up. Our last topic here that we'll wrap up the pod with, the Jerome. Um, it is conference tournament season starting next week. Champ week starts. Uh, it's the the early birds uh, at first, and then the big boys uh, the week after with um, the Big East tournament at MSG, um, the Big Ten, wherever they're playing this year. Hopefully Chicago. Hopefully they stay in Chicago. Um, but, yeah, we, we get it wrapping up, so – Brendan, the Jerome. For those who do not know, what is the Jerome? So, okay, so it's the Send It In Jerome Championship Week Challenge is the formal name. And I did not come up with this, for the record. Uh, So, I think 20 years ago, beat sports writers for, you know, just probably a lot of them getting starts in in these tiny conferences, um, decided, okay, the March Madness Tournament, is such a fun thing to make your picks on. Is there a way that we can take the 32 conference uh, conference tournaments that are starting on Tuesday? Yeah. Be March 4th. Yeah. March 3rd. March 4th. Um, starting on Tuesday, all the way up to Selection Week, and, and just make that into some sort of tournament-like pick'em, right? So really simple. You pick the winner of each of the 32 t- tournaments. I mean, we're talking like swack, these really, Yuck. yeah, like we're getting really into the weeds. Um, and it occurs over two weeks. So ideally, if you wanted to do this, you would pick all of the week one tournament winners in the first week, the remainder in the second week in two batches, and it's scored. So if you were to pick a team that makes it to the finals, you get two points. If you pick a winner, you get an additional three points. So if you pick the winner, you get five. Five, exactly. Good math. Um, so you're saying, so you're saying to me, you know, Brennan, like, why wouldn't I just pick the favorites for every tournament? That seems stupid. Well, this is America where we're rewarded for risks. Yeah, <laughs> right? sure. Um, if you pick a team that is seated third or lower in the tournament, you get an additional two bonus points, and in my in sort of our iteration because we started doing this just you know with our friends it's gotten up to about 40 guys uh if you pick someone seated fifth or lower 
which is for a lot of these leagues that are dominated by like two teams, like insane. Yeah, you get an additional two if you pick if, if that five seed or worse gets winning. So it ends up being five points if you pick a winner that's a top two team, seven if it's a three or worse, uh, nine if you pick a five or worse. Tally it all up at the end of the thirty-two, and most points wins. Yeah, so it pays to be uh, a risk taker. Um, there are you can't just pick the one and two. There are rules. This is not now, <laughs> okay? Uh, but the Jerome is a friggin' blast, man. Like I would recommend anyone to do it. Brendan is our keeper of our Jerome. He runs the show. He makes the uh, spreadsheet. He tallies up the scores. He does it all. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It is a ton of fun because it is such an appetizer to what is ahead uh, with the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and you can go to, so the original guy who is the most mysterious man in college basketball, the keeper of the drone, I think the guy that came up with this, no identity, right? You can go to, at if you're on Twitter, at the Jerome. X-I-X. Yeah, you're giving me a lot of choice to do with my Twitter. i got to tweet out th- that YouTube video. I'll tweet out this guy. Well, if you go to this guy, <laughs> he holds the official, and this is not a money-based pool or anything. It's just for fun, for his. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, for him, uh, and you can you can kind of, once you see it on paper, I think it becomes a lot, a lot less confusing. Um and he sort of updates you on, okay, here are the seedings for the conference. Here's when this conference is going. Because there are just a lot of moving parts. So we've kind of done it organically, just literally with an Excel spreadsheet. And it's been a ton of fun. I think the best part about it is for all of those 14, 15, 16 seed teams, those teams, as bad as they are, as bad as they look coming into the tournament, are really good and they're individual conference and if you sort of tie some rooting interest to that you can really understand the backstory of oh this guy is, teams, yeah. is, is you know <laughs> this, this guy for firm and lights it up and right. you know uh, like uh northern kentucky like it becomes a team that like we all know about just because they're always in the mix in yeah their, their i mean conference. D- disclaimer though i think this creates a dangerous precedent that we've fallen victims to where <laughs> keep going, yeah. Where we will watch these conference, these small conference tournaments, and fall in love with a team, and then pick them over Kentucky, and then we'll end up getting screwed. Yeah, no, completely. I, and I think as I would love to see a chart of since we started this doing like following along with this four years ago to my March Madness bracket performance, it has to have plummeted. <laughs> um, okay, so like I'll give you an example now. So the Horizon League, right? Uh, is kicking off on Tuesday. There's a team in the Horizon League, Wright State, the Wright State Raiders, that are dominant. The Raiders, even though they... Don't they have, like, a, like a, a horse as their logo, though? It's like a husky. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It makes no sense. Um, but they got this big fella that... If you if you were following along with mid majors, Mike Dom at South Dakota State, the dominator, was the guy, <laughs> like he was unbelievable. He, I mean, he's got to be a top ten or fifteen NCAA points guy. Yeah. Uh, and we all, I mean, as soon as South Dakota State was in the tournament, I was like, book it. I don't care if they're playing, like, you know, UNC, great. Yeah. Just plug them in, and then they lose oh. by fifteen <laughs> points. And you're but, crushed. But there's a guy on Wright State, loud in love, for the love of God. No pun intended. 
Google this guy because he is this big, big fellow white guy with cornrows that just okay. bully balls his way into into, the, into winning every Horizon League game. He's one of the stories I'm following, but the big picture is if you're doing something is... Wait, didn't Xavier have a white dude that transferred from Wright State that had cornrows last year? Rolls, rolls. Maybe, it's a, thing, maybe it's a team thing. I don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I know the guy you're talking to. I don't know. I didn't know he's from Wright State. Um, but this guy loud and loves a stud. Okay. Yeah. So the Jerome, ton of fun. I recommend you and your buddies start in one, or if you want to join ours, reach out to me. We, we want to grow this thing, big. Why not? If you got Venmo. Yeah. No, let's it, do it. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. Open um, invitation. I mean, Friar fans, Noah Horschler. He's sitting out a year. We all watched him. Last year. Not mm-hmm. at the... No, he was sort of kicked off his oh, team. Oh, yeah. Um, but he tore <laughs> it up for North Florida. I, don't, I still don't know what the story is there. And there's been nothing but positive things about him since he transferred. So, yeah. who knows? Maybe it was just a coach thing or something. But he tore it up for North Florida. The Ospreys are in the uh, Atlantic Sun, which... The only reason I know way more about the Atlantic Sun than anyone else is that's like the first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast was good for years. They're terrible right now. Um, mm, maybe you pick them, though. <laughs> get those points. Get those bonus points. You know, yeah, you could get a quick nine. Uh, lip scum's <laughs> always in the mix. So, so yeah, uh, bottom line, it's just if in the doldrums of early March where here in New England it's still kind of lousy outside. I'm going to Scottsdale. It's just in Fort Myers. I'm trying to make the best of it. Yeah, he's watching another <laughs> Friar game at, at a nice warm location. Yeah. Lucky him. Must I, be nice. I set myself up this year. I, it's too many years of just freezing myself uh, you know, sitting here watching hoops with you. But anyways, yeah, it, it, is, it is just sort of a, a great way to make those random conference tournaments that will be on ESPN2 at least. And ESPN3. Yeah. Like you can stream during work. Top, Probably I'm not... working from home week one. Yeah. I'm just going to – hopefully my boss doesn't listen to the crier here. But, uh, yeah, I'll be ha- tuned in watching yeah. the Jerome action. No, I mean, most of the, like, the quarterfinal games of these smaller tournaments won't be on mainstream TV, but they're on ESPN Plus if you yeah. have that. And then when they are on during the week, next week and the week after, um, it just makes for, like, outstanding Tuesday night television. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – that is it. I mean, this is the best part of the year, college basketball season, uh, end of the regular season, in the champ week, in the NCAA tournament. I'm jacked up. You should be too. Um, that is it for the show. Brendan, I thank you for joining us this evening. Always. Go Friars. Uh, and we will be back next week. Go Friars. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the L.E.U. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the hell of you But they sleeping on me while I take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth